Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Real quick before I get started, I want to talk to you real fast about misunderstanding text. (laughs) We're going to talk a little about that today. Context, what the Bible is trying to tell us. Don't jump to conclusions too quick. Uh, We're going to talk a little in context in the story today. And to to dress this story up real fast, I had something interesting happen uh, this week talking about words not getting across correctly. Uh, Y'all may know um, Rick. Uh, Rick had to go to the hospital because of a heart issue. He was in there for several days. And they weren't sure what was going on. I heard they were having to put him on that glycerin, nitro, whatever stuff to, that helps for heart stuff. And I was keeping up with him, asking how it's going, how are things doing. And they had to put a chip in him or something that's like, I guess it gets on Wi-Fi or something. It's like all Star Trek now. And they could uh, keep track of his heart and all this stuff. Well, I was real curious what was going on. And I texted and his wife, Deanna, answered on his phone. And I said, how's Rick doing? And she wrote back. Passed away. And I did the same thing you just did. I said, what? And I said, what? I I started to call. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say Pastor Ray. And it hit me as passed away. (laughs) So don't call me passed away. Call me Pastor Ray. That went across wrong. And I got real scared real quick. So I know that's a joke that's going to stick around. So I figured I'd go ahead and give it to you on a silver platter. And I know you're going to play with it for a while, but it's about context. I, I didn't understand. She was obviously using the speech recognition thing in her phone, and it said passed away. What if the wrong time to give that when I'm asking, how's Rick doing? Passed away. So... um <laughs> I asked his permission if I could use this. He said, have fun with it, man. So he's not here today. We're going to pray for him to get better, of course, but uh, call me Pastor Ray, okay? I don't need no more of that. That, I about had a heart attack hearing that. Okay, bad text. And uh, another thing about (laughs) bad texting, another one. I I have these happen often. Uh, Anna was in the grocery store uh, getting supper, uh, and I was over across the street at PetSmart. What do you want me to get and all this stuff? Well, Joanna texted, what's today's message titled? And I answered, I thought I was answering just Anna, but I was answering my text that I have with Anna and Joanna. And so she said, what's today's uh, message called? And I wrote back, cheese Doritos. (laughs) So you almost got a bulletin that said, Joshua 15, cheese Doritos. (laughs) By passed away. (laughs) Okay. Full of this. Context, guys. Context. (laughs) We're going to go through context. Now, if I can get myself together, because if you thought that was funny, what do you see what I'm about to read? Uh, Joshua 15 and 20. Uh, We're going to be talking about the cities of Judah. 
and I tried to listen to narration of these cities to try to get the correct pronunciation, and I gave up, okay? I gave up. So I'm just going to do what I can do, and y'all hang with me. Okay. <clears throat> oh, oh, here it is. I'm finally here. God, help me. <laughs> Verse 20. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. The cities at the limits of the tribe of the children of Judah toward the border of Edom in the south were Kabzeel, Eder, Jagur, Kenna, Damona, Adab, Adab, Adada. I'm getting this mixed up. You're talking, you're looking at a guy that has about 10% dyslexia, okay? So, ooh, here we go. Adada, Kadesh, Hazor, Ithnan, Ziph, Telem, Bealoth, Hazor, Hadata, Kerioth, Hezron, which is Hazor, Amem, Shema, Molada, Hazar Gada, Heshmon, Beth Pelet, Hazar Shual, Beersheba, Bizjoth, ah, Bizjotha. Okay, we'll just let that one be. Bela, Ijem, Ezem, El Tolad, Chezel Horma, Ziklag, I've heard of Ziklag before. Madmana, Madmana, Sansana, here y'all laughing, Lebeoth, Shelhim, they're thinking, man, he's got a long way to go. Ain and Remon, all the cities are 29 with their villages. Okay, I need to sit down. Okay, no, I'm going to keep going. All right. Mm, verse 33, in the lowland, Eshtael, Zorah, Ashna, Zanoah, Enganim, Tapoah, Enam, Jarmuth, I should just hire a Hebrew-speaking guy to do this. Adullam, Sako, Ezeka, Shereim, Adithaim, Gadera, and Gehuio, Gederiothium. Fourteen cities with their villages. Verse 37, Zenan, Hadasha, Migdalgad, Delian, Mizpah, Jokthiel, Lachish, Bosgath, Eglin, Cabon, Lamas, Kithlish, Gadiroth, Beth Dagon, Nema, and Makeda. Anybody want to come take over? Sixteen cities with their villages. Verse 42, Libna, Ether, Eshan, Jephtha, Ashna, Nezib, hope that's right, Kela, Akzib, and Maresha. Nine cities with their villages. Verse 45. Ekron, with its towns and villages, from Ekron to the sea, all that lay near Ashdod, with their villages. Ashdod, with its towns and villages. Gaza, with its towns and villages, as far as the brook of Egypt and the great sea, with its coastline. And in the mountain country, Shamir, Jatir, Soho, Dana, Kerjath, Sana, which is Debir, Anab. I'm getting tired, y'all. I'm uh, marathon. <laughs> go Ray, go Ray. Eshtimo, Anim, Goshen, Holon, and Gilo, 11 cities with their villages. Verse 52 Arab, Doma, Eshian, Janum, Beth Tapua, Afika, Humta, Kerjath Arba, which is Hebron, and Zior, nine cities with their villages. Mayon, Carmel, I've been there actually, so I know that one at least. Carmel, Ziph, 
Judah, Jezreel, Jodiam, Zenoa, Cain, Gibeah, and Timnah, ten cities with their villages. Halhul, Bethzur, Gedor, Mereth, Beth Anoth, and Eltikon, six cities with their villages. Kirjath Bel, which is Kirjath Jerim, and Rabbah, two cities with their villages. Nibshan, the city of salt, and Engedi, been there too. Six cities with their villages. As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. Thank you all so much for coming today. It was wonderful being with you. Go with God. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I want to rest. <laughs> okay. You know that little app that you can just press play and it like reads it to you? I'm just going to push play and hold it to the mic, let it do its thing. Oh, that was rough. Okay, anyway, all these towns here, they're listed according to their geographic locations. This is Judah's territory, territory that they're picking up. Now, a bunch of towns are listed together in the south, and some listed in the west, and some in the central hill, hill country, and some out in the wilderness sloping down towards the Dead Sea. Now, this is a big list of cities here that we just read. <laughs> Trust me, I know it was a big list. And I'm sure you did too, having to go through the tours or listen to me trying to pronounce them all. Huge list, but an important city that you don't see in that list that you did not hear is Bethlehem. Now, when I read that, I go, wait a minute, where's, where's Bethlehem? I'm looking for the cities I can say. I can say Bethlehem. You can say Bethlehem. We sing it. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Where's Bethlehem? It's not in there. And Bethlehem is so important in prophecy. So why is it not there? Okay, here comes my, my little issue, my little problem in the text. What, what's going on here? Bethlehem, very important. First of all, Beth means house. Now, we, we're, also, we're Calvary Chapel Pearland, but we're also known as Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom. Beth means house. Shalom means peace. So this would be house of peace. Beth Shalom. Okay. Well, Lahem, and I hope I said that right. I tried to get guttural like I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go Lahem like a Texan. Lahem means bread. So what does Beth Lahem mean? It means house of bread. House of bread. Now, when I first read this, I thought up front, maybe, perhaps, Bethlehem had not yet been founded. Maybe it wasn't in existence yet. Um, at, you know, at this point in history, when Joshua and Israel entered the land. But when I read on ahead and got past through to Joshua chapter 19, Bethlehem is listed. It's in there. So it's already here. Bethlehem, Bethlehem is mentioned as being within Judah's territory, and so we know it is already there. In fact, Bethlehem is mentioned as far back, because I wanted to find out, when do we first hear about Bethlehem? It's all the way back in Genesis. <laughs> this place has been around a long time. Genesis thirty-five nineteen says, So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. Okay, so Bethlehem's been around a long time. In the Genesis account, Ephrath is what would become known as Bethlehem, but whatever it was called, it did exist already long before Joshua and the Israelites came in and took over the land, before they took over that territory. Ephrath, back then, is what is known as Bethlehem today. Now, Ephrath is not only the name of this old Genesis location where Rachel died, but the name Ephrath also means 
fruitful, fruitful. And we can see both of these two names, they're both synonymous names, Bethlehem and Ephrath, are both brought together in the prophecy of Micah. And that's in Micah 5.2. It says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old from everlasting. These are the nice little things you find when you really dig in the Bible. These little things that just pop out like this. Ephrath is way over here in Genesis. Bethlehem is way over here. And they're merged together in Micah in prophecy. Dove stressed prophecy in his video just now. We got to remember prophecy is very important because it tells you what's ahead, what's what's coming. And also uh, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. You ever talk to these Christians? What do you know about prophecy? I don't care about prophecy. Oh, you don't care about Jesus. That's part of Jesus right there is prophecy. So here it is right here. Now the prophecy says that the Messiah will come from Bethlehem, house of bread, a fruitful house of bread, which makes sense since Jesus said, I am the bread of life. No wonder he would come from fruitful house of bread. Nice, isn't it? And so Bethlehem is indeed in Judah. This is the territory that's being discussed here in Joshua 15, Judah's inheritance. So notice now, now that we're in this prophecy here, notice that Micah refers to Bethlehem as being little. Little. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. It's for, it is said as being little. It says, though you are little among the thousands of Judah. In fact, Bethlehem is not mentioned until Joshua chapter 19, because I was looking for it. Because in chapter 19, we're going to see that Simeon, he gets an inheritance within the inheritance of Judah. And if you look at uh, Joshua 19, verse 9, it says the share of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon, they had their inheritance within the inheritance of that people. So Simeon gets an inheritance within the inheritance that we're reading. We just went through these big, big block of cities. Simeon in 19 is going to get an inheritance inside of that. And so ahead in Joshua 19, we finally see a mention of Bethlehem, but that's because we're right now we're getting a, or or in 19, it's a more magnified, tighter view of Simeon's inheritance. But here in Joshua 15, we're getting a much more wide view, a bigger, wider view than the tight view we're going to see in 19. And so with this vast view that we're getting right now, the view is so wide here in Joshua 15 that Bethlehem's not even recorded. It's so wide of you that Bethlehem doesn't even make the list. So Micah's prophecy refers to Bethlehem as being little, yet the Messiah is going to come from it. Now, I got to thinking about this. Why are we not seeing Bethlehem? I'm still wondering, why are we not seeing Bethlehem? Well, when I consider the fact that Micah said that Bethlehem is so small, so small among all the other cities to where it's not even listed in Joshua 15, I think what we can see here is that God loves to use little things to demonstrate his power. That's what I get from this. Little things to demonstrate the greatness of his power. I want to take you through some thoughts real quick, through stories you may know. 
Smallness is the way that God brought forth a great nation and blessed all the earth through a barren woman named Sarah. Smallness. Smallness is the way that God used a lowly shepherd to kill a heavenly, a heavily armed giant with a slingshot. Smallness. Smallness is the way that God made a young shepherd boy king of all Israel when he wasn't even invited to stand among his brothers for consideration. Smallness is the way that God enabled Samson to set, uh, to kill a thousand men using the jawbone of a donkey. Smallness. Smallness is the way God used an old man's walking stick to swallow the serpents of magicians, turn rivers into blood, and part the sea to wipe out entire armies through smallness. Smallness is the way that God used just a handful of flour and a little bit of oil to feed a poor widow, Elijah, and her entire household for many days. Smallness is how Jesus had only five loaves of bread and two fish, but he fed over 5,000 people. (laughs) Smallness is how God is glorifying himself to the world through tiny Israel with all the nations against it. And smallness is how salvation was brought to all of us through Jesus Christ while suffering nailed to a cross through smallness. And so as we see here in Joshua 15, Little fruitful Bethlehem is just exactly the town God intended for the Messiah of our salvation to make his entrance into human history. Y'all see this? Isn't this good? And so what can we learn from this smallness of Bethlehem not even being mentioned here in Joshua 15? We learned that it is in your own smallness that God can also work through you to go out and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the glory of the Father. Because I know you feel small at times. God can use you. God works through smallness. Isn't that great? Many people, they, and, and I struggled with this and still do, uh, people consider themselves too small, too weak, too inefficient. I'm not articulate enough. I don't sound like all those other great pastors that have been doing it for 20, 30 plus years on the radio and what all. I don't sound like them. I don't look like them. (laughs) People look at me. I say, I'm a pastor. They look at me funny like you. I I feel small. I feel like I I shouldn't be doing this. I feel inefficient. Like I really can't do it. Not good enough to be used by God. And when people think like this, they incorrectly assume that God can't work through them. Smallness is exactly what God works through. You feel small? You're in a good place. God can use you greatly. That's exactly what God works through, so don't count yourself out. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says this, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. One thing I always try to tell people from this verse, I use this verse, when somebody, something bad happens, Someone dies, they get this disease, or they fall into bad financial situations, and and there's just no answer that seems to work. And everybody's trying to comfort them, and it's just so sharp. It just just doesn't, it's just not enough. I have one thing I can pull out from my sleeve that I can tell them. 
God does his best work in our weakness. When people are really hurting and really down, this is what I tell them. This is the best I got. I tell them, hey, I show them that verse. I said, hey, this is where God's going to do his best stuff. So take comfort in that. I don't know what to tell them about how it's going to be better. I don't know where their money is going to come from. I don't know how their health is going to get better. If they just lost a loved one, I can't bring them back. But I can tell them, this is where God does his best work. You remember that when you are hurting, or if somebody you know is hurting, tell them that. That's where God does his best stuff. 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the what? The weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. (laughs) You feel weak? Good. Let God work through you. If you're walking around saying, I'm awesome and I'm this and I'm that and I got it all down. uh Uh-uh. You're done. Take a seat. Hit the pause button. You feel weak? You feel inefficient like Moses? I can't talk. I'm not a good speaker. Let somebody else do it. Oh, God's like, no, I'm going to use you. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. I try to find, um, I try to find this godly comfort because we all go through this. We all have inefficiencies and we feel a lack of confidence at times. If you've been distressed in your weakness, if you've been pressured in your weakness, if you stop walking with God and your weakness, you start getting foul about it, start hating people, getting grudges and all that kind of stuff going on, then I want to suggest maybe you've got this formula backwards. Maybe you've been trying to use your own strength for your own glory instead of using your weakness for God's glory. Maybe spin this formula backwards. You've been going at it wrong. This is what repentance is. This is what repentance is like this. I've turned around. That's repentance. That's all repentance is. It's turning around. I'm all proud and I'm mighty and I'm, I'm just doing it. Y'all watch me. I'm the, I'm the prime example of what it looks like. Oh, you're done. You need to turn around and go back the other way. You need to get small. You need to get low. That's why the Bible says every knee will bow. Because when you bow, you get low. It's a good place to be. God does his best stuff through weakness. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So bow the knee to Jesus and get small. Bow the knee to get small. God works through small things. God brought the Messiah through from Bethlehem, not even mentioned. You think God could work through you? Well, I'm too small. Exactly. That's what I mean. God can work through you. He works through small things, even like you and me. So now let's look again here at Joshua 15, verse 63, because I know y'all saw this. Joshua 15, verse 63. says, as for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. So what happened here? Why couldn't they get the Jebusites out? What's going on? Weren't they supposed to have success in driving them out? Let's go back and recall this promise real quick. In Joshua 3.10, it says, And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Without fail. God will. Without fail. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.